fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Episode number 49 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We're paving your way. We're your lead blocker to fantasy glory, excellence, accolades, bragging rights, moral superiority. And either, man, I need to make a long, long checklist and just go down <laughs> these things one by one because we're going to pave the way for all those things. Okay, mm-hmm. We just put week 10 basically in the book. Now, week 10's in the book unless... You are thinking about that big blockbuster Giants 49ers game tonight that, of course, everybody is getting together for, excited. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, we got three combined wins on the field at the same time. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a shootout. And actually, my game tonight is going to come down uh, to that game. As miserable, as miserable as that makes it sound, I will be watching. None of my players are playing because why in the world would I ever put anyone from those teams on my team? But, uh, <laughs> but I will be watching. And uh, those are the worst when you don't have anyone going and you're just watching and you're just you're just miserable. You're like, gosh, I hope Sterling Shepard rolls his ankle like immediately. Um, And I hope he's not seriously hurt. I got nothing against him, but I I hope he doesn't do anything tonight. I, of course, am your host, Nat Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself on this Veterans Day. Technically, maybe not Veterans Day. Veterans Day day off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're here. We're recording a little earlier. We'll probably drop this thing for the evening commute if any of you suckers are working today. Um, so. so get ready for that. Wolf, how was your fantasy week? Uh, it's just coming down to this matchup like you just mentioned. I'm down by four right now. It's not a good spot, but certainly uh, it's doable uh, because of a heroic effort from Brandon Cook scoring that rushing jet sweep mm. there at the end of the game. Put me to actual striking distance. I have San Franz D down by four. He has George Kittle. So not the ideal spot because Kittle's been a no, pretty man. big He's beast like all year. tight end three, I think. Oh, yeah. He's unbelievable. But maybe he tweaks that handy. Maybe Mullins <laughs> comes back down to earth. And the, the San Fran D, I mean, they're facing Eli Manning. There's always pick six uh, potential there. So the odds have me about 25% chance at winning. I'd say it sounds about accurate, but at least I have a chance. Without that Cook's late-round touchdown, I was out at, like, flatbreads playing, trying to play bowling with some friends, but I obviously wasn't playing. Right, and I was no, staring no, no. at the TV, screamed, like, the whole, like, all these, like, little kids were like, why did that old man just yell, fuck yeah, really loud? And the plaza, all these parents, like, hiding their kids from me. But it was a nice scene. Was, and you, now I actually have a shot, so it was worth it. Have you crossed the line where now you're you're an old man? I think so. I, wow. I don't know. No, wow. I'm, I'm just I'm just a young wolf still at heart. Okay. Maybe maybe old in body and, and and looks, but still young at heart. Still the young wolf. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm up 27 going into this game, and, and he just has Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard and and the kicker for the 49ers. Oh, you're but, okay. I don't know. It's full PPR. Sterling Shepard averages 13, 14 a game. Kicker averages like eight a game, so I mean, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm like a seven point favorite right now going into this. Right. Enough to make me extremely uncomfortable. It's not yeah. like the 49ers defense is, you know. It's, uh, Sterling Shepard's had three games out of eight this year, where if he does mm-hmm. what he did in those games, I'm going to lose, and so that's yeah. that's uncomfortable. That um, is. I mean, I, it doesn't feel good, and I need the win. I'm five and four. Six and four is so much different than five and five. It's just oh, so much God. different. And four and six is a whole lot different than or five. Four and, and five. six. So. Like, four and six, <laughs> you pretty much got to win out. Like yeah, after that. exactly. So which would, could happen, but still, yeah, I, I need this one real bad. So, so we'll see. 
Do you want to know who my two starting running backs were this week? Did you have Chubb in there? Nick Chubb and David Johnson. Oh, my God. Just make me come everywhere. Luckily, I when can only see David Johnson. I traded Tariq Cohen straight up for him. What moron in your league did that? Are you? I remember you told me that on last part. That's you, so you weren't you weren't as excited when I told you what I'd pulled off. I was, text. No, I I was not like, processed man. it. <laughs> I was like, man, I think I really like did something. Big oh, you destroyed here. it because it was yeah. right after we did the strength of schedule podcast, yes, and Johnson right. was in second. Oh, yeah, and I was just like, I was like, yeah. you know, I'm gonna throw this out there. I got all these buys, and I was, you know, Cohen is like the RB11, and Johnson was like the RB14. So I was like right. a, a point higher, and I was just like hey straight up we'll see and i kind of forgot i even had made the offer and then all of a sudden it came back and it was accepted and i was like oh yep. yeah. and, uh, <laughs> so anyway i mean and now i got a keeper for next year too potentially because i had two keepers i had hopkins i didn't know who else i was going to keep now i got johnson i feel very good about this hopefully i win this game but yeah chubb johnson that's what you uh yeah, that, that's, that's my dream right dream there. About, right. So hopefully I can pull this off. All right. Absolutely. We got a lot to talk about. And, and like I said, we want to try to drop this thing by the evening commute for those poor bastards out there that have to work. We got two big things we want to cover before week 10. And that is, of course, the first thing, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, looks like he's oh. not coming back. Like not at, like actually not reporting. I just don't get it. Like, you know, it's like when he started holding out at the very beginning, I was like, okay, like I hear where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, and as it has gone on, you know, I'm a very – I side with the players on this stuff like mm-hmm. 95% of the time over management, over owners, stuff like that. The more it's gone on, I've just been like, what is this guy doing? Like, right, absolutely. He's left so much money. I'm not even talking about letting his teammates down, which he has, but it's like – He's leaving so much money on the table. He will never recoup this money. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what. It doesn't matter if he keeps his body in 100% tip-top shape. And, you know, say he signs a contract somewhere next year, which will not be as big of a contract as he thinks it's going to be. He will have left $15 million on the table. Right. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we said, look at that, $15 million. I mean, that's just life-changing money for this guy. Not enough. Uh, beyond the money side, though, I just... It, to me, I don't. I I'm with you. I side with the players on this. I get it. Like especially after we're talking about Cooper Cup, Taron is ACL, and just things like that happen all the time. So I'm not even against the guy for preserving his body. I just hate the way he's you know handled this. It's almost like a scavenger hunt, a figure it out. What am I doing next? Type of thing. Rather than just telling his teammates, yeah, I'm sending this out unless they pay me. Then then the teammates know. The team knows. They can move on, and everyone can just be settled. Why make it this guessing game for all these people? You're supposed to you know be a, a, a teammate for it. It's just Blows my mind that he's made this such a production and now isn't going to show up when he's supposed to. So to me, this this is just uh, it's been a long drama filled fest. Obviously, the fantasy implications are massive because now rather than coming back and having a committee or who knows what type of backfield it is, we know James Conner stays locked and he's going to keep being that monstrous RB1 he's been all he's year. Been great. And he's been great. And if you were smart enough to take Bell with Connor, then you're like, you know what? This is probably the best case for you. You probably didn't want Bell coming back and ruining this great thing that's going on. Uh, but if you didn't take James Connor and you took Bell with your second overall pick or top of the Which first round, you just plenty sold. Plenty of people did. Plenty of people did. Plenty of people tried to buy low when there's rumblings he's back at week eight. And then there's rumblings he'll definitely be back by the trade. A lot of people, myself included, I, I traded Ingram trade and Thompson. And, you know, Ingram Thompson doesn't seem like it was that brutal of a deal, even though Ingram just blew up, I guess. 
get it. Uh, but he wouldn't be starting for me anyways on that team. So I don't feel like I sunk anything crazy into getting him. But even still, it's just what a little fucker for his teammates, for fantasy owners. If you're not going to show up, fine. I get it. I understand the just logic behind that. Just tell us, right? Like, don't be a little drama queen about it. And, and, you know, yeah, he preserved his body for a year. But now he's a year older. I don't know where you stand on that debate. Like, was this year off? And now he just adds a year because we know that 30-year-old running back cliff. You know, yes, he has one year just of less of no wear and tear done, but he's still a year older. And I still think even if he doesn't get hit a single time this year, that does go against him in contract negotiations and all that. So who knows how this is going to end for him. But at least we finally, as owners, have clarity. This will drop Monday night. So I wouldn't say cut bell if you hear this uh, right away. It can only be official on no, Tuesday. Hang, so on, let's to, just hang wait, on to him for a couple till days. Tuesday. You'll feel like the biggest idiot in the world if you go right. and then he if comes back. But, like, he's, but it doesn't look like he's going to be back. No. It's and just also, like, you know, if you, so where do you stand on this? Where do you stand yeah. on the guys that have keeper leagues and that have Bell? Is I mean, you know, it's impossible to say moving forward. Yeah, I mean, is the guy's a viable keeper candidate? We don't know where he's going to be. Like, right. I guess it depends who you have on your team. Exactly. I think you got to, if you're in a keeper league, you, you hold strong with Bell. What if you go, so let's say, the Texans and they have this juggernaut uh-huh. offense, you know, something of that nature this offseason. You never know where he could end up. Maybe the Steelers do. I mean, there's no way he comes back to the Steelers. There's Let's no be real. That, that's over. Uh, and I think you bring, keepers are an important thing to bring up because now James Conner's value is even more just like confirmed. He Maybe they sign another guy or draft another guy this offseason. But to me, it seems like he's really earned that job, that featured back role. So if you took this guy, I know our boy, the Meat Sweats, took him in round 13 this year uh didn't even own bell just took yep. took him as a 13 round he told he asked me what's a blow-up keeper i could take round 13 i said james connor levy on bell's a free agent at the end of the year i'd never expected this to happen uh but still what a hail mary for for james connor keepers this is as locked in as it gets and yeah you do have to kind of just hang on to bell see where he ends up it's too talented of a guy to just have sitting out there on your waiver wire uh if it's a keeper situation but otherwise as long as it's official on tuesday and again there's no official word at this point until it's actually legitimately official the way this thing's unfolded. Uh, but until then, hang on to him, and Tuesday we'll finally know once and for all what this sack is end up being, and it's looking like he's not coming back. All right, well, this is nowhere near as exciting, and we certainly won't talk about it anywhere near as long, but potential Joe Flacco injury? Ramifications? Yeah, it, what, what are we talking about? The reason that I think it is significant is that you we went down our strength of schedule thing recently, and Baltimore was very high on the easiest mm-hmm. road, both running and, I want to say, passing as well, and quarterback and everything. Yep. So there are potentially fantasy points on the table here. Uh, do you think the injury is serious, and, and what's it mean if it is? Uh, yeah, you brought you, you hit the nail on the head there with why it's important. is the strength of schedule. They were the number one easiest for quarterbacks moving forward, plus number one easiest for running backs, third easiest for receivers. Just a cakewalk schedule for the, the Ravens moving forward. So if Flacco's out for it, that means Lamar Jackson steps in. And from a fantasy perspective, that's actually pretty juicy because this guy's a freakish athlete, uh, one of the best running quarterbacks that's come out here, almost like vintage Michael Vick back in college, the way he runs. He looks like a running back at times, uh, the vision he has so it, you have to be excited about a Russian quarterback like that facing an absolute dreamboat schedule the question is will that end up coming into play or not and that remains to be seen there's some reports that he might have his seasons in question he might need to have surgery some saying he just needs prolonged rest some just saying he's day-to-day not week-to-week uh, so who knows and then there's even reports that it might be RG3 who starts not Lamar Jackson it's kind of a muddled situation but if you have the bench space I would go out and add Lamar Jackson now especially if you're quarterback needy because I really 
really think he could be a, a QB one uh, with some of these matchups. Let's say you have Pat Mahomes, for example, like I do. He faces the Raiders. Lamar Jackson does during Pat Mahomes week 12 by that could be a blow up spot just rushing wise. They, they can't make any tackles. So it's only significant in the sense that if the schedule, like you mentioned, would make Lamar Jackson just a complete fantasy uh, juicy, juicy upside if and, and when we find out what's going on with Flacco, I would stash and wait to hear more uh, with the Lamar Jackson going on right now. And just as an aside on this, you know, we did the strength of schedule thing moving forward. And I know I've already brought up Johnson Chubb that I'm still <laughs> just so excited about. You had them uh, second and third, I believe, respectively yep. on strength of schedule starting this week. Running backs, I was very into them because of that. I mean, they both had just absolute. And I believe you had Aaron Jones, I, I want to say maybe fifth, Number four. <laughs> fifth on that list or fourth. So, I mean, Number like the, these are the guys. I mean, you, you know, it's. It's not like rocket science, but, no. but but the wolf did the work and he laid it out there and there it is. And so I don't know. And I mean, the Ravens was, I want to say top, but they were on by this week. So, yeah. I mean, if this trend continues, like you're talking about <laughs> potential, like tons and tons of points. And it was just home run after home run on those picks. So mm-hmm. uh, let's talk injuries. Cooper Cup. Non-contact. Uh, as soon as he went mm-hmm. down, you knew it was, you know, it was over. Yeah. I and mean, this is a yeah. guy who was easily well inside the top 10 receiving this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, until he got hurt uh, the first time with a, an MCL, he was the number two receiver in fantasy. Just And it wasn't, really? I mean, yes, he had a couple blow-ups. He had that huge Thursday night game, oh, which yeah. kind of inflated his stats. Beat me. It killed me. <laughs> destroyed you before your week <laughs> it, even started. It, it sucked. It was a those terrible games. week. Uh, oh, those are the worst. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that sucks. But even then, he still was pretty damn consistent. That blow-up inflated his stats just a little bit, but still, in his other games, was a, was a solid play every single week. And now he's removed from the most explosive, perhaps, other than the Chiefs, which we get Monday night next week. I, by yeah. the way, that's just going to be fucking unbelievable. Chiefs, Rams, Monday night football. Like I don't even know how many points are going to be scored in that game. You should just but not it's go to work be, on Tuesday. I, I might already just call out just because I'll be too busy with lotion in my room all night. It's going to be ridiculous what that game is going to do. Uh, but Cooper Cup is not going to be part of that, which is unfortunate. Moving forward, what does that mean? Well, one, obviously Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, especially Brandon Cooks these days, 220 yeah. Fantasy biz uh, are going to be candidates for 10 to 12 targets each week in this offense that just churns out monsters and big plays, finds mismatches like no other does Sean McVay. So they're obviously at the stock up eras. Todd Gurley was already going to see 25, 30 touches every week, but I guess maybe he gets even a little bit more usage here. The only name that's kind of new here you might want to pay a little more attention to is Josh Reynolds. Reynolds uh, right. Widely available on the waiver wires. And his one of his only full starts this year, he had two touchdowns, a long, rangy guy guy that McVay has cited as a mismatch nightmare, someone that he likes to use that size and big body and catch radius. Uh, so Josh Reynolds, an interesting waiver wire addition just to see how this plays out, uh, but more so just those other guys that have already been established, get a nice little uptick arrow. And unfortunately for all cup owners and just cup himself having such a good sophomore season, none of us wanted to see that, but th- those are the implications moving forward. And also uh, not to toot the wolf's horn again, but uh, Tyler Higby did find the end zone this week. And Gerald Everett found the end zone too. I, I, I know. I just found it. <laughs> I know. Both of whom like uh, just mocked mercilessly. But it's not like I thought you were wrong. I just thought their names were funny. And anyway, they, they both, both scored. Like, nothing to care about here. And they, they both scored. It's just crazy. The speaking, of of games, speaking of games that, you know, the games when, when it's G your week's over on Thursday. Right. My my buddy Willie, who's hilarious and, and is a huge Panthers fan on top of everything else, uh, mm-hmm. watched that Steelers-Panthers game on Thursday. 
And not only was he a huge Panthers fan, so did not really care for how it went, but the guy I was playing against had like Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and, oh. and so it was, and it was at, he had three players go, and after the game, it was 114 to like 29. Oh my god! <laughs> it was god. just like, oh, well, I mean, it was you know, the, what's the point? It's over, right? That is you know, just was, must be the darkest of places. Not only and is it, your fantasy right. team getting buried, your real life like home team that you love is just getting buried, and it's happening to you in fan. Oh, and it's god, Thursday. I don't even want it. Like, don't the work there. week's not even over yet. Like you got to go to work the next day and like oh, look at my people god. and stuff. And that's and call out. Like that's when you right, that's when you're like I, I, a personal day. All right, oh, I'm going to keep you god. about 90 seconds, maybe each on these, Very so we can roll through. We're going to go risers, fallers, penny stocks, waiver wire, um, and then we're going to wrap it up. See if there's any other news we forgot by the end of the day. Lots happening right now. A lot of people's fantasy trading deadlines are Wednesday. By the mm-hmm. way, I know in my hometown league it's the 14th, um, and so everybody, like this is your last chance to jump on some of these guys. If you have not checked out the strength of schedule thing that the Wolf, uh, you know, threw together, you got to check it out. I, I honestly, I used it as a template to make some last second trades. And so far, it's really, really been helping me out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen one yet that hasn't hit. Uh, right. and, and some of them have hit huge, like lottery hits. Uh huh. Um, Absolutely. RotoStreetJournal.com slash SOS if you want that. If you trade, a lot of trade deadlines have passed, but if yours hasn't, um, make sure you check that out. Like like Nat said, it's hitting way better than I even expected. I just did the kind of math. uh, You know, hoped that some of these guys would pan out. And like you said, it's almost been 100%. uh, I mean, Melvin Gordon was the fifth running back in that list. And obviously, he was going to blow up. You're not acquiring him, but all five of the running backs, other than Collins, who was on a bye, absolutely exploded this week. Some of the tight ends that were no names caught that it's just crazy how well this thing's panning out so far so rotostreetjournal.com slash sos if you still have the room to make moves you gotta check it out it's hitting so well right now i have a crazy feeling we're gonna be putting this out next year too all right <laughs> oh yeah number one here we go aaron jones taking over the backfield and uh field in green bay and you know uh, in three words i can sum it up it's about time I know. What, what right? in the world have they been doing? You know, we've been going through week after week where Jamal Williams gets like eight carries for 14 yards and Ty Montgomery before he got cut had a similar stat line. And then Jones would be like, oh, eight carries for 93 yards in a score. Right. Uh, let's keep splitting them up even. Yeah, Aaron Jones finally, as you mentioned, pulling away from that plotting loser, Jamal Williams. Finally, better late than never, Mike McCarthy woke up. Uh, so Aaron Jones, 15 carries, 145 yards with those 15, two touchdowns. Just looked like the explosive beast we've seen all year and been wondering why is he not getting unleashed. Three catches, 27 yards as well. So highly used in the receiving game, run game, just the focal point of this offense all day. And clearly it worked out. Now he's facing Miami, which is strength of schedule guide, if you followed, was one of the best matchups for running backs he exploited it and just was absolutely dominant and he was already averaging six yards a carry before this matchup so he was already dominating as you mentioned too now we finally have the volume and talent matching up which we've been waiting for for so long this offense as a whole is obviously explosive when you got Aaron Rodgers leading it so I can't say a hundred percent positively that that Mike McCarthy is going to be smart enough to keep this going but we saw the results and you got to assume I'd say he's he's rolling Jones on his featured back rest of the year and if that's the case he's going to be an RB1 so you hit the jackpot if you listen to that strength of schedule guide and bought low because his price was depressed. He was in a timeshare that just couldn't seem to shake. And finally, you know, for whatever reason, Jones was handled the, the reins and man, did he produce. So you got to be feeling really, really good if you own Aaron Jones, locking him into your lineup moving forward. Yeah, I agree completely with that. And, you know, honestly, you were on that from pretty much the beginning of the year, even the, the platoon situation. Like We always knew that this was mm-hmm. the guy. 
And it was just a matter of time. Yeah. I'm getting in both getting healthy, getting in the lineup, and then McCarthy doing what he needed to do. So it appears it has happened mm-hmm. just in time for your playoff runs. All right, number two, we mentioned this guy already completely self-servingly for myself, and that's that Nick Chubb has emerged as the RB1 in Cleveland, which I guess comes as no surprise, but the, kind of the way he blew up was bigger than even we expected. Absolutely. 20 rushes, 176 yards, including like a 90-yard touchdown scamper uh, to show that breakaway speed that he can just outrun an entire defense as well as a touchdown, a receiving score as well, three catches, 33 yards. Just an unbelievable focal point workhorse style game for this guy and an awesome performance overall from the Browns. We jokingly talked about Freddie Kitchens at length a couple weeks ago, but this offense, they kept pace with the Chiefs last week, and this week they they came out and exploded uh, and, and beat the Falcons. So, I mean, under Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens, this Browns team seems to be trending the right way. And if they trend the right way, that means great things for Chubb. The third easiest schedule moving forward. Uh, and if they get that positive game flow for him like they did this week, we saw what this guy can do with a healthy workload. He's had over 18 carries in every single game. He's monopolized that carry total uh, more so than any other running back in the league um, over this span. And now just absolutely blowing up even as a receiver, too. You just can't get better than what Chubb's doing right now. Uh, similar to Jones, locked in RB1 moving forward the rest of the way. I feel even better about Chubb moving forward. I, I feel great that he's just going to be consistently fed because he's been fed now for four straight weeks. So you got to feel great about owning Nick Chubb. He's that stretch run hero, you know, off of waiver wires a couple weeks ago. He's the guy that's just going to win people leagues off the waiver wire this year. Hey, another guy, and I, I think David Johnson could end up winning some leagues for people mm-hmm. too. We got David Johnson and Leonard Fournette. Both coming back, kind of reemergences of uh, you know RB ones, well established guys. Mm-hmm. Johnson maybe a, a little less of a shocker because it's not like he's in a platoon situation where, as there were some guys in Carolina that or in uh, Jacksonville that came in, you know Hyde coming over, Yeldon actually doing pretty well in his absence for a while. But you think you think mm-hmm. those guys are on the outs completely now? Yeah, it certainly would seem that way. David Johnson, first of all, 21 carries, 98 yards, TD. Uh, and more encouraging for me, the seven the of nine targets. Yeah, so nine targets, seven catches, 85 yards, and another score there for over 30 points as a fantasy day. Just by far the best game. That's the, the reason you picked this guy number four overall. That's what you were hoping to see is just elite usage in both facets of the game. Byron Leftwich, man, this guy might be the godsend. Those Bruce Arians roots, he's using Johnson just as he was under uh, Bruce Arians, which made him at fantasy god over that 2015 stretch where he had 2,000 total yards and 20 touchdowns. That's the type of usage we saw, and this team isn't as explosive, so we can't expect those many blow-ups when the matchups aren't as good, but like we talked about last week, the matchups couldn't be better for almost the entire stretch run here for David Johnson. Second easiest schedule, those blow-ups will continue, and then Fournette just monopolizing all the carries, all the work, was not eased in in the least, and that's what you hope to see as a a Fournette owner. Uh, They said they were going to give him a full work going in the game and then man they had him 24 carries five targets as well so 29 total looks on the game and i like the five targets again just like johnson i like the receiving usage for Fournette even more 56 yards and a td in the air another touchdown on the ground i didn't love the efficiency only 53 yards on those 24 carries so it didn't look particularly good but the volume man that was exactly what you want to see he is a true locked in every down workhorse that's why you drafted him in the first round you got to feel comfortable moving these guys forward as elite RB1s down the stretch here. All right, Titans offense rising. And, I mean, we didn't even get to talk about this. And this is probably the thing you thought that I was going to lead off with and just, you know, 
repeatedly beat you over the head with it throughout the course of the podcast. <laughs> Before we talk about the Titans offense, what, what happened, dude? What's that? With why, why are they suddenly good? No, <laughs> like, why they, how, they, your team lost thirty-four to ten uh, to the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to, to skirt around no, that. You're just I know. Like, what, what do you mean? Awful. What are you talking about? I don't. I don't get what happens <laughs> when we face ex-patriot uh, coordinators. Whether you know whether it's Rabel, whether it's uh, Patricia, these joke teams somehow know exactly how to get to Brady. They both pounded uh, you too. This destroyed us. They blitzed and they got all over them um, and gave teams, unfortunately, a blueprint for how to get to us uh, right now. If you can pressure Brady and his receivers aren't winning those matches, it, it was hideous. I just want to puke. It was could disgusting. could have really used Gronk in that game. Absolutely. We could have used anybody in that game. Uh, it was horrendous. I'm not worried about it. I mean, it was a bad performance. It was puke on your face type of performance. But they'll they'll get it together. They got to have the bye week to recuperate, coming at the perfect time, get everyone healthy, and then just dominate the stretch run. Right, but, well, man, yeah, that was about, disgusting. Let's talk about the Titans. Uh, you said offense rising, and there were some things. I mean, was there – there was – I think it's not a stretch to say there was a Derrick Henry sighting. Oh, yeah. Two touchdowns for Derrick Henry. Uh, and just in general, the, this offense taking that next step under Matt LaFleur, it would seem. Uh, obviously, with any new offense, as we've kind of learned through this season, there's always going to be growing pains. There's always going to be a couple weeks of adjustment periods, especially when it's a, a Matt LaFleur, very complex scheme, the McVay, the Shanahan tree. It's not an easy offense to learn. So there were definitely some growing pains here. Uh, but, man, they seem to finally be comfortable. 28 and 34 points in back-to-back games, uh, and then just a narrow loss to the Chargers and when they were over in London. So this offense has been playing much, much better over the last three games. Seemed to finally found that groove under LaFleur. Mariota going 16 to 24, very efficient, 228 yards, two touchdowns. I don't think he's a very talented guy, but he's, he's getting set up well in this scheme, this uh, screen heavy, the deep ball. Corey Davis Corey emerging Davis. as a dominant target. Good God. Course. After – after we just shit on him, I kept saying, fuck Corey Davis, fuck Corey. I mean, I might have said it a million times uh, I mean, before we, the we game. spent the majority uh, because, of the last podcast just talking bad about Corey Davis. And as we should have, he's fucking a complete dickhead. And I cut him, and the guy who I faced, of course, we, this is a glossary term we got to come up with. I cut him, another guy picks him up, and then he faces me and goes off for seven catches, 125, and a TD. I don't know what it's, is it a revenge game narrative, whatever you would call that. Corey Davis did to me. Uh, just uh, maybe he's now into the at least a wide receiver three style, but we've seen him blow up and then disappear, so I'm not fully ready to, to commit to him. But Deion Lewis, another 22 touches, just monopolizing the world. Work. Derrick Henry will get more goal line chances. As everything is trending up for the Titans right now, it seems. Uh, Matt LaFleur's system finally has a chance to really flourish. All right. Amari Cooper, clear-cut top guy yeah. in Dallas. Now, I mean, the bar is low there, you know. They're, they yep. <laughs> To be the clear-cut top guy in Dallas. Speaking of top guys in Dallas, how about Dez, huh? Oh, man. How brutal is that? <laughs> absolutely Last brutal. play of practice, they're saying he ruptures his Achilles. Yeah, oh, yeah. Poor he, dude. He's, he's out eight months, man. Poor dude. Anyway, uh, Amari Cooper, mm. clear-cut top guy in Dallas. Consistency, and I will say, I mean, in the first half, until the end of the first half, he had had five catches for 11 yards, um, which is n- not impressive mm-hmm. yards-wise, but still, he, he's getting looked at all the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's the key here. 18 targets in his first two games as a Cowboy. No type of, you know, getting assimilated, growing pains, any of that. He's right into this offense, and he's the clear-cut top hog. And you can see why. He's just flashing those quick feet, that route running that he's known for, just never really fully exploited over there in Oakland. But they're using this guy as an every tar- every down, you know, locked-in ex-target hog wide receiver one. And fantasy-wise, you got to feel great about that moving forward. The only issues with Cooper was never necessarily his talent. But more so uh, just the the inconsistencies, the fading out, the zero type games where he would tank your lineup. Uh, <laughs> if he can find this consistent eight, 10 targets a game, he's going to potentially be a quality wide receiver, too, if not low end wide receiver one here down the stretch. Uh, the schedule second easiest for wide receivers. And we've seen this schedule stuff plan, panning out as to, to perfection so far. This uh, this was one of the easier matchups with the, the uh, Eagles, and he didn't fully exploit it. But, man, he's got some complete cakewalks coming forward. So I like Cooper a lot moving forward. Just the volume, the matchups, the individual talent all seems to me like a late run uh, stretch hero type of situation. And of course I traded Cooper. I I wasted a huge draft pick on him early and I I just traded him about a week ago. Mm -hmm. I was desperate. It was a little bit of a desperate trade because Gronk's hurt. I needed a tight end. I traded Cooper straight up for Trey Burton. And, uh, you know, Burton's fun. He's been a serviceable replacement tight end. But, but of course, uh, you know, it would have been. That is rough. I mean, I got four really good wide receivers, and I had no other tight end. So I made the deal. I'm going to live with it. Burton's getting me about <clears throat> 10 a game. Yes, I mean, All right, last but not least on our Rogers list, the Bears offense. Mitch Trubisky blowing the fuck up. Allen Allen Robinson, the guy that I feel like we bashed him maybe three weeks ago, and he's had maybe two good games since then. So uh, sorry about that, Allen. Uh, Anthony Miller as a potential penny stock. (laughs) You know, we got some guys. I mean, maybe, I mean, let's talk about the Bears offense a little bit. They did, they put a serious spanking on the uh, Lions, right? Absolutely. Uh, and they benefited because Darius Slay was out of the game. But even still, just one corner, it makes a difference. Of course he does. But still, this was just a complete dominant performance for a, not a great matchup on paper. The, the Lions pass defenses was one of the top 10 in the league entering the game. But Trubisky just absolutely blows up 355 yards, uh, 23 of 30 passes, three touchdowns, another rushing score. Uh, that list and we just keep seeing week in and week out. Now that the accuracy, uh, the throwing is meeting with him and his athleticism that's just the recipe for a fantasy monster and he's been a beast he had that eight point dud last week but otherwise uh he's been averaging over 27 points a game a 330 pointers 140 pointer mixed in since that just blow up at the week uh against the bears uh not the bears against the bucks in week four trubisky's just been an absolute monster actually leads the league in fantasy points per game over that span even more than mahomes uh so this guy's been a complete monster the top scoring quarterback in that span and I hate to say, but we told you guys, Matt Nagy, beautiful mix of just strong arm and crazy offense is really starting to click. So this could be a stretch run, just monster right here. Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, especially Allen Robinson, finally fully healthy. I respect the Bears. They really let these guys Get, come back to full health. They gave Robinson two to three games off, probably their best offensive uh, weapon there. Um, and they, they give him the game off for, for two straight weeks. He comes back and looks just dominant. Six catches, 133 yards, two touchdowns, um, a monster. So Allen Robinson, I know we've been shitting on him, but I think this is finally the Allen Robinson that, that maybe owners were expecting, hoping to see, because uh, he absolutely destroyed that defense. And yeah, you mentioned Anthony Miller, just a guy to look at in your waiver wire, blowing up for just chunk play after chunk play, 120 yards and a score you gotta love everybody in this offense right now except jordan howard holy shit what the 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, even Cohen got 15 fantasy points this week. Right. And Jordan Howard got three. Right. So, <laughs> killing me. Absolutely uh, killing me. All right, Fallers. Golden Tate in his Eagles debut. Not impressive. The Eagles losing to the Cowboys at home. Pretty shocking. I did not see that coming. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> saw that coming. I heard on another podcast today, a lot of people, uh, Vegas really took it on the chin this week as far as betting and it's like they made it all back on the Eagles because uh-huh. everybody just like went in on the Eagles they all lost. Golden oh, Tate man. did not exactly instill a ton of confidence. No, absolutely only two catches, 19 yards in his debut. They have the whole bye week to get this guy assimilated. Kind of the opposite situation of what we're seeing with Amari Cooper on the other side of the ball where he's been instantly emerged as that number one dominant guy. Golden Tate was an afterthought. We saw Nelson Aguilar reemerge out of the slot, which is where we'd want to see Golden Tate dominating. Aguilar having 80 yards, his best in the last six weeks. Uh, Golden Tate just, again, completely erased the by far least targeted receiver on this team. Now, this will probably be his worst game as an eagle but then it's also like why would he suddenly just start to become this focal point if he's already just completely low on the target totem pole so uh, if you had him and he was dominating for the lions i feel bad because this trade just ruined his value for your fantasy team i imagine he has to be on benches a potential cut candidate if we see another one or two games of this horrendous nature uh you got to feel horrible with golden tate moving forward yeah, I do. Except I have never wanted a piece of him, and have never made any. I've never, I've never made either. any effort at all to acquire him on any team ever. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the rest of you guys that believed in Golden Tate for whatever reason, you know, uh, you made your bed lying. Marlon yeah. <laughs> Mack been up and down on Marlon Mack, and and now we're down again. Absolutely. Uh, and this kind of reason I want to make sure to include him is one, we said in the strength of schedule guide, Marlon Mack, the ultimate sell high running back 27, 30 point days and the schedule gets brutal. We just saw what happens with this brutal schedule. 12 carries, only 29 yards, two targets for nine yards, just a joke of a game. Didn't do anything for you guys that have been relying on him as a low end RB one was the label often tossed to Mack's name uh, after these two blowups. And we didn't buy it. We said this guy is still game script dependent, still a committee situation. Situation. And in a closer, tighter, contested game like this, Mac didn't show what we've been seeing with dominant tar- carry share and all that good stuff wasn't there. And I think this is more realistic, these type of duds, than those blowups moving down the stretch here when he's got such tough, tough competition on the remaining slate. I can't feel good about Mac. So hopefully you listened to the advice and sold high while you could because his value seems to be in a real downward spiral here. Jarvis Landry. This one maybe comes as a little bit of a surprise Ugh. to you, though, right? And me, too. I mean, there's another guy I went all in on. I've turned down trades for him all year just because I, I have such belief in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, If I lose this week, it's going to be on his back largely. I mean, I think he got me four fantasy points this week. What, just what's going on, man? How much should we be freaking out about this? I think it's time to hit the panic button. Just a few weeks ago, I told you guys, hold strong. The ship will will steady. Landry's too good and Baker Mayfield's too accurate for this not to be a magical duo. But it still isn't happening. And even with this offense starting to take off under Freddie Kitchens, it's not Landry is the one that's making that happen. Only two grabs for 22 yards, a complete dud. Only five targets, too. At least he was getting the volume uh, and wasn't doing a ton with it. But you'd see 10, 12, 13 targets. And now we're just getting no no looks, no love. Yes, the game flow wasn't great here against Atlanta because they were up big and Chubb was rolling and that just became a run game script. But still, you cannot feel comforted by the fact that he only has Landry eight grabs for 72 yards under Freddie Kitchens so far. Uh, I, I mean, at this point, you've 
might bench this guy for better options uh, if you have him, which would have seemed just incomprehensible. We were all in on this guy going into the year, and granted, some of our guys have really crushed it. This is one I'm not feeling so good about anymore. Uh, the fact that him and Mayfield haven't got it together yet doesn't make me think they're going to suddenly get it together here down the stretch run. Yeah, I'm going to have to actually start making some decisions down the stretch about whether I'm even going to start him, which shocked yeah. me because he was I, I considered him my number two guy after DeAndre Hopkins all season. And, you know, now I got guys to think about, like, I picked uh, Marquez Valdez Scandling off mm-hmm. waivers. And, I mean, I'm actually thinking maybe I start him over Landry. Who knows? Absolutely, right? Like, there's at least some upside. There's some thing to get excited about when you got Scandling in your lineup. Landry just is so blessed so far. Uh, and with everybody else killing it and accept him, can't feel good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to definitely be asking you some opinions on that next week. Yeah. Uh, Kenyon Drake, another guy whose stock is falling. And, you know, the, the man with the, you know, dong that's eight inches wide uh, is, <laughs> is not helping Kenyon Drake out. That that's the crucial factor here is Frank Gorin's massively girthy cock. Uh, Thirteen carries, ninety yards, two catches, twelve yards, and Drake just becoming an afterthought because of it. For whatever reason, he, this core he just cannot be. He he'll, he'll forever linger. He'll never get away. Uh, he's now top five hundred yards rushing for fourteen straight years, which is a record NFL record. A bunch of people had done thirteen, but nobody has hit five hundred and fourteen straight. So guys are uh, NFL record holder, deservedly so, and he's looking solid while he does it and meanwhile drake is athletic and as talented and as explosive as this guy is is withering with only eight carries so five less than gore severely outproduced gore has 90 yards and drake has 27 uh, he stays involved as a receiver drake does but only two catches 11 yards this time there just is not the consistent usage at this point just uh, that face you made kind of summarized it perfectly just like a gross like you don't want to put him in your lineup but he's so talented you think he's gonna blow it's just at this point kind of fools gold almost like Corey Davis to me that he has these blowups and reminds you of how good he could be, but then can never consistently do it. So I, until Gore, if that that thorn in the side ever gets removed, maybe Drake would blow up. But if he if Gore is lingering, uh, there's no reason to ever roll Drake out at this point. All right, let's go to Penny stocks, and there are a mm-hmm. couple. Rashard Penny, speaking no, of pennies, I mean, back from the dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Maybe. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Chris Carson comes back, maybe he disappears again. But it now actually seems like there's a decent amount of confusion, uh, potentially, in the Seattle backfield. We got Davis, right. we got Carson when he comes back, we got Penny, and for the first time, all of them kind of look decent. Exactly. I don't know what you can necessarily do with it. So what you mentioned there makes you recognize this situation isn't very actionable immediately in the fantasy realm because when Carson comes back, is he going to get that role? Or is Penny, 12 carries, 108 yards, touchdown, the first-round pedigree. They paid the price to get this guy. Is he going to be it? Or Mike Davis is filled in admirably every time he's played. He got a receiving touchdown. He took 11 carries for over 50 yards, so averaged over five yards a pop. So all three of these guys have played really well. It's a very run-heavy offense, so whoever is seeing the volume is going to have a, a quality amount of fantasy value. It's just who is that going to be moving forward? Is this a three-headed nightmare? Is it going to be two guys? Is one just going to fully emerge? Uh, but, you know, Pete Carroll has just been always so inconsistent historically with his running backs that everyone almost feels like a down arrow here other than Penny because he at least now has some final value. He was nothing until this game, and then he looked like by far the most explosive guy in his backfield. The other two bruisers, but Penny was ripping off chunk play after chunk play, showing a gear that we haven't seen out of Seattle or out of Penny this 
this entire year. Um, but now we finally saw it. We saw why they made him a first round pick. We saw Pete Carroll in his post game conference say, "This is why we reached right. this guy. This is what we would uh, thought about when drafting him and trading up for him." So moving forward, I kind of remind you this team is very invested in the guy, and if he's going to produce like that, I imagine his workload is going to increase substantially. He's the first guy I would be looking at on a pretty shitty waiver wire week. Penny's the, the one of the ones that I would love to throw on my bench and see what he could do here for the stretch run. Likewise, Josh Adams of the Eagles, uh, similar intrigue there. What do you think? Yeah, it's, I mean, a gross, gross committee situation. It's almost like the same exact situation, just on a different team. A good overall offense uh, with tons of interesting volume there because they put up their points. But how is that volume going to be distributed? Is it going to be Josh Adams, who's now led the league in carries two straight weeks? But all you got to know is this, it's only been seven carries to lead the team. And we've got Clement getting five and Smallwood getting six. Uh, moving forward, Doug Peterson did say we need to get this Josh Adams guy more carries because he's just been so dominant over over six yards of carry in those last three games, but he's only got 20 attempts over those three games as well. So this is almost like an Aaron Jones situation, not as talented as Aaron Jones. I'm not going to suggest that, but it's clear one guy is playing a lot better than the other two. So could this guy finally become a, a more focal point, get 12, 15 carries? Adams could explode if that happens, but the, you can't feel confident that it is. They also have the worst running back schedule moving forward, strength of schedule-wise. So there's not a ton of upside. I'd rather have Penny than Adams uh, in these congested situations to see what happens. But still, uh, definitely a waiver wire name. If you got trash to cut, Adams a guy with some intrigue. All right, last but not least, Dante Moncrief. Talk about a guy yeah. who's jerked us around over the years. Right. I mean, seriously, and, right? And now I he's mean, jerking us around again. <laughs> I admit, that's what I imagine this will be is just a jerk around and nothing that you can ever rely on. He has top 75 now that with a, a three catch, 98 yard TD performance. Uh, he's now top 75 yards in three of his last five. And this four targets was like his low for the last three weeks. He's been just sometimes seeing double digit looks. So maybe he's the sneaky number one guy. Keelan Colt didn't even log a target this last game. Westbrook still is kind of inconsistent self. It seems like Moncrief might be emerging as that main guy. Now, is the main guy for Blake Bortles all that valuable? No, not really. But still, if you're desperate at wide receiver, he's making big plays. He's always had that athleticism. Uh, and if you just need a flex Hail Mary as a bi-week fill-in, Moncrief at least comes with some upside. So a guy to consider if you're desperate at wide receiver right now. All right, and that's going to wrap it up. Those are our risers. Those are our fallers. We apologize for any technical difficulties you may have experienced. I'm going to try to edit the hell out of this stuff so you don't yeah, really know. But, I mean, uh, if you do pick it up, we know we expect uh, you expect better from us, and we'll we'll try to knock it out and, and maybe not have that happen again. You got some social media you want to pump up, Wolf? Of course, you can always find me at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat. The main pages, Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram, where we do a lot of our sit start shows. You got to tune into both of those, uh, and then Roto SD Journal on Twitter for all the breaking news and all that good stuff. Make sure you're following us all, staying connected, getting in any last minute questions, sit starts, all that good stuff. We only got three more games after tonight's contest until the fantasy playoffs, so it is time to go for your stretch runs, and we'll help you get into those title runs situations that's what we're here for paving that path and if you like what you heard please subscribe please review it means the world to us to hear from you guys yeah likewise i agree with everything this guy said he's all over it my name's <laughs> nat the truth jones and i'm the wolf best of luck moving forward in week 11 and if you have a week 10 game coming down to the wire like me and nat hopefully it goes the right way for you best of luck wolf pack later Now's our curtain call, so hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. and wave out to the crowd.
take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Second down, first effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks. <laughs>